Ephesians, the third chapter. And I want to, you know, more than preach today, I want to do some teaching. I want to do some teaching. More than preach, I want to do some teaching. Ephesians, the third chapter, verse 16, 17 says, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. I need you to highlight that in your Bible. His spirit in the inner man. His spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love. I want to talk to you about the person of the Holy Ghost. Say that with me. The person of the Holy Ghost. This whole series for the month of June is renewed by the Holy Ghost. And I know some say spirit will use that interchangeably, but it means the same thing. And you know, and I just I just want to say I thank God for my family, you know, for trusting me and believing me to be the father that I supposed to be. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. That's right. We are living in a age or a dispensation of the Holy Spirit. And some of you that are studying in GBC and, and beyond, you understand the dispensations. The, whole, the Old Testament may be called the age of the Father. The second period covered by the Gospels is the age of the Son. And from... Pentecost until the second coming of Christ is the age of the spirit. And the apostle Paul recognized the New Testament Christian must have the power of God in their lives. As manifested by and through the Holy Spirit. And so many reject the concept of the Holy Spirit living and dwelling within us because uh, he is also known as the Holy Ghost. Webster gives us a brief definition of the Holy Spirit as a life-giving force. The active presence of God in human life. The third person in the Trinity. Now you won't find the word Trinity in the Bible, but the Bible, but the Bible referred to it as Godhead. And so we should add that he is the active force in all creation. I want you to make note of that. Genesis records in chapter 1 verse 2 that the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters indicating that the Holy Spirit was here even before Adam was created. While the earth was in a state of confusion and chaos uh, and covered with boiling and rolling and billowing and clouds of water, vapor, no doubt the Holy Spirit is the working force or the working agent immediately behind the creative process. Perhaps we can explain it like this. God the Father made the decision to create. You listen to me? God the Son gave the commands, which is the word. I want to teach you a little bit. God the Holy Spirit actually performed the work. Are you still with me? So in this light, we can understand God's physiology when he says, let us make man in our image. Not I, but us. According to Genesis 1 and 26. You still follow me? 
So the Holy Spirit has a personality. Unitarianism is the belief that God exists only in one person, denying the doctrine of the Trinity or the Godhead, as opposing the beliefs of polytheism, which is the multiplicities of gods, tritheism, which is three gods, dualism, two independent principles, one good and one evil. And therefore, the personality of the Holy Ghost is questioned for these reasons. Here they are. The Holy Spirit seems impersonal if you really look at it. The visible creation makes the personality of God the Father easy to conceive. God's dealings with the people of the Old Testament reflect the love, the devotion, uh, care, mercy, judgment, and disappointments of God the Father. It's impossible to disbelieve in the personality of Jesus Christ. His entire exp exposure to a mankind radiates personality. However, the acts and the workings of the Holy Spirit are so secret and mystical, uh, so much is said that of his influence, his grace, his power and gifts that we are prone to think of him as influence and power or agent rather than as a person. The Holy Spirit seems impersonal because of the names given him. He is called breath, wind, and power. Symbols used in reference to him are oil, fire, and water. No wonder that some erroneously believe the Holy Spirit as impersonable influence emanating between the Holy Spirit as impersonal influence. Uh, uh, yes, oneness, uh, person, Unitarians believe that the Holy Spirit as power only without individuality or separate identity. So the word or the name spirit is neuter, meaning a creation or a creature without sex, neither masculine nor feminine. Romans 8 and 16, 26 uses the neuter pronoun itself when speaking of the Holy Spirit. It is easy to understand then why it's in, in, in ignorance some do not believe in the Holy Spirit as a person or with personality because it is used in a neuter form. So the Bible has proof of the personality of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to just show you that and then I'm going to really teach. Names that imply personality are given to the Holy Spirit. The first one is the Comforter. John 14, 16, 16, 17. Y'all done heard this. The Comforter means one who is called to your side. As a client calls the lawyer. This same word is used of Christ thus cannot be used of an abstract influence according to Romans 8 and 26. Now it's used as a personal pronouns or use of the Holy Ghost in John 16 and 7, 8, 13 through 15. In these verses the pronoun he is used of the spirit. Now why is he saying that so fast? He's giving those scriptures. You know we can't write them down that fast. I'm going so I don't need you to write those down because I'll tell you when you need to get them. So in these verses, the pronoun he is used of the spirit. This is remarkable because the Greek word for spirit, which is pneuma, is neuter. Yet a masculine pronoun, ekonos, 
is used here also in Romans 8 and 16 25. Himself is used. The Holy Spirit is identified with the Father and the Son as to indicate a personality. If they have personality, so does the Holy Spirit. Look at the baptism formula. Matthew 28 19. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and Holy Ghost. If the first two names are personal, so is the third. The apostolic benediction in 2 Corinthians 13 and 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. Look at the identification with Christians, Acts 15 and 28. For it seems good to the Holy Ghost and to us, Acts 10 and 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. We would not say with power and power. So the personal characteristics are ascribed to the Holy Spirit. He possesses his own will. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he uses wisdom, prudence, and discretion, all distinguishing his marks of personality. The spirit is said to have a mind, Romans 8 and 27, which implies thought, purpose, and determination. Personal acts are ascribed to the Holy Ghost. The spirit speaks, Revelation 2 and 7, Mark 17 and 5. Hear ye him, the spirit maketh intercession, Romans 8 and 26, as was said of Jesus also, Acts 13 and 2, 16, uh, tw 6 and, and 7, uh, Acts 20 and 28. The Holy Spirit is seen calling missionaries overseeing the church. Not only that, but the Holy Spirit is susceptible to personal treatment. Did you know that? He may be grieved according to Ephesians 4 and 30. He may be insulted according to Hebrews 10 and 29. He may be lied to according to Acts 5 and 3. He may be blasphemed and sinned against according to Matthew 12, 31 and 32. So the person of the Holy Ghost, I don't want you to miss this, that he is a person. He has personality. Once you are saved, and I believe you are, hope that you are, I, I wish you, I pray that you are. Once you are saved, you have received a new life. John 10 and 10 says, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have, oh, I love this scripture, might have life and that they might have it. How? more abundantly. Do you not know that God wants you to have an abundant life? Why are you looking like you're looking and why are you going through like you're going through? You can turn that thing and change that thing and turn it around. It's not what you go through, it's how you go through it. It's not what happens to you, it's how you handle what happens to you. Everybody in here going to go through something, but I understand that God wants me to have a life of abundance. I 
came to give you life and life more up. In, a, in other words, there's no excuse that's good enough that you can come up with to say that you don't have abundant life. I don't care if you got but one leg. I don't care if you have but one hand. Whatever you have, you can still give God the glory and live an abundant life. One woman wrote so many books she was paralyzed from her neck down uh, from a diving board accident. But she ministered so many thousands and millions of people by sitting there talking. My God, uh, what her name, Erica Jonah, somebody. But I'm telling you, don't you make no excuses. I seen when a man didn't have no hands, he played the guitar with his toes. I seen, my God, where a woman didn't have no hand, no feet, but she would draw with her mouth. She could put the thing in her mouth and she come out with beautiful paintings and stuff like that you better stop making excuses because God has given you something to do and you are called to do something he gave you life and life more abundantly would you look down your road and tell everybody I'm going to live the abundant life hallelujah I don't care what people say about me they've been talking for years they're going to keep on talking let the long tongue liar keep on talking they don't have nothing for you and they don't have a place to put you but you got to know that you got a relationship with your father and your father say that hey you have a life of abundance whoa glory to God hallelujah how in the world can you come to a church like this and God is giving you life every Sunday and you sit like that with a bump on the law and act like God ain't doing nothing, act like God not going to do nothing, act like God have not done anything. Don't you know that God has been good? He's been better than good. He will continue to be good. I'm going to live the abundant life. You go ahead and hold your head down. You go ahead and my God do like the chickens eating from the ground. But I'm going to mount up. Up with wings like an eagle. Hallelujah. You know that. Listen, if they're going to talk, let's give them something to talk about. Oh, look at me now. Look how God been so good. Only God can do this. Are y'all hearing me in here? The car you drive, God did it. Folk didn't know how you were going to get it, but you got it anyhow. Hallelujah. When I was talking to my wife the other day, when we walking through the house, we say only God can do something like this. When they told us about the church, that we wouldn't be able to build it debt free. Only God can do this with this church right here. When they told us about the land that you couldn't afford it, it cost a million dollars. And we rolled by there and just put our hands and say, God, if you want us to have it, it'll be ours. Don't you know it's ours right now? Only God can do it. Hallelujah. If you're going to get anything, you got to trust your God. If you're going to have anything, you got to call on God. God is a God that's a God that will have you with a life of abundance. Lift your hand and say, I will live in abundance. Woo Hallelujah. Tell somebody, it's my time now. I'm not waiting no more. I'm not waiting for anybody to speak to me. I'm not waiting for anybody to lay hands on me, wave over me, give me a word. I got a word that he want me to live a life of abundance. What you waiting on another word for? He done already told you what he wants you to do. He done already assigned that you live abundance. The blessings are already assigned to your life. 
You just got to reach out and grab it. You got to reach out and receive what God has said. It might not look good now, but that's a part of your testimony. That man might have left you all by yourself with all them children. But God is working on your testimony. That woman might have left you there, man, and thought that you were going to be out of the game. But hey, God is working on your new release. Would you look at somebody and tell them, say, you starting your new beginning right now. Right here and right now, you are starting your new beginning. Right here and right now, God is giving you something afresh. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go that way. I say I want to teach. Let me get back to my teacher. I got a little carried away there. I got a little carried away there. When I read that scripture. When I understand, I got to know my enemy's devices. He come to steal, kill, and to destroy. Anybody trying to steal from me, I know that's the enemy. Anybody that's trying to kill me, I know that's the enemy. Trying to kill my influence, trying to kill my character, trying to destroy who I am. I know that that's the enemy. Because he comes to destroy. Are y'all hearing me? But look here, right? You don't have to, uh, don't stop reading. But look at the Lord say, I come. That you might, because see, some of y'all ain't going to get it because you don't want it. That you might have, like, some of y'all going to say, but it ain't going to work for me. That you going on over on the other side. That you might have life and have it how? Since I got to live, I want to live an abundant life. Come on, say it with me. Since I got to live, I might well live the abundant life. Hallelujah. Y'all sit down. Y'all sit down. Okay, okay. Let me go back to teaching. Because y'all was really settled. Y'all were just listening and I, what I want you to do. However, it is very important to know that you cannot live this life with your own strength. It is Jesus living in you by the Holy Ghost who enables and empowers you to live that life. Are you following me? So our foundational scriptures found in Ephesians 3 and 16, it says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. Ooh, look at there. According to his riches of his glory. Uh, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your heart by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love. So the person of the Holy Spirit is vital to the existence of the Christian. Don't miss that. Don't miss that. Even our Lord Jesus Christ himself as a man, he had to have the Holy Ghost in order to accomplish his earthly ministry. Did you know that? As a matter of fact, Jesus would not have been born without the Holy Ghost. Did you know that too? Matthew 1 and 16, I'm, I'm, don't take my word for it, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let, let you see it. Matthew 1 and 18 says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together. Y'all know what that means, right? Before they had sex. She was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Jesus would have never been born if it had not been for the Holy Ghost. You didn't like that one, Luke 1 35. 
And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. Right? And the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also the holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. It was only after the Holy Spirit came into the life of Jesus that his ministry and the miraculous began. Did you realize that from reading from Scripture? Jesus was 100% God, but he was also 100% man. He was the son of God, but he also called the son of David and the son of man. If you've been reading your Bible. In John 1, after being baptized by the water by his cousin John the Baptist, Jesus, as a man, received the Holy Ghost. All right? John 1, 32. Look at it. It says, it's up on the screen. And John bear record saying, I was the... I was, the, I was the spirit descending, I saw, excuse me, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon me, and I knew him not. But he that sent me to, bap, to baptize with water, the same said unto me, upon whom thou shalt see the spirit descending and remaining on him. The same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. Talk about Jesus. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. See, after Jesus received the Holy Ghost in the next chapter, Jesus performs his first miracle recorded in the Bible. What was that? He was turning water into wine at the marriage at Canaan of Galilee. Remember that? John 2 and 11, 11, John 2 and 11 says, uh-huh. Right here it says, this beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cain of, uh, of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. Today what makes the difference between Christianity and all the other religions of the world is the presence and the power of the Holy Ghost that resides in the church which is the body of Christ. So, so let's look at who is the person of the Holy Ghost? And what is his ministry in and through the church of Jesus Christ? A child of God needs to know these things because they are of the utmost importance. Knowing the Holy Ghost is vital if we must walk in all the fullness of the provision of our Heavenly Father here on earth. So here's my question. Who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is a person. Say, well, I went to class this Sunday. He is not some smoke or cloud. He is not a physical light. He is not a thing. He is not an animal. Yes, I have said it. The Holy Ghost is not a dove. All right, now some of y'all say, but before you throw rocks at me, hold on. John 1 and 32. I know what the scripture says. Look what it says. And John bear record saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove. He didn't say a dove. He said like a dove. And it abode upon him. So what John saw was uh, he, he, he saw the Holy Ghost descending from heaven while he was baptizing Jesus. And if you want to see where the, the Godhead come from, look at that picture 
God, listen, while John was baptizing Jesus, which was in the water, y'all see this? The Holy Spirit came and descended on him like a dove, that's the Holy Ghost, and the Father from heaven spoke and said, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. That's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the power of the Holy Spirit is the power by which God made the whole world. Job 26 and 13. By his spirit, he has garnished the heavens and his hand have formed the cricket serpent. Genesis 1, through, uh, 1, 1 and 1 through 3 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and then the earth was, was without form and void, and the darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. The Holy Ghost is the one who garnished the heavens. It's only after the Holy Ghost moved upon the face of the waters that God spoke the worlds into existence. When God speaks, the Holy Spirit is the one who brings it to pass. In other words, he is the doer of the things of God. So when God wants to do something in our life or in your life today, it will have to be by the Holy Spirit. This is why it's so vital for every Christian, man and woman of God, to know the Holy Ghost. Are you following me? Now, I know this teaching is not popular. Churches are not teaching about the Holy Ghost. They're not teaching about the Holy Spirit guiding, leading and guiding your life. They're teaching you, you know, uh, you know, everybody love each other. You do the best you can. I do the best I can. And we all just love each other, you know. Uh, you know, uh, yes, everybody just come and we just, you know, oh, let's just come and just grace and everything else and nothing wrong with talking about that. But I'm saying that you got to know more. More than that, if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna last in this world, then you need to talk about the things that are not popular in this world. And we just cannot talk to people and tell them, you know, God is gonna bless you, which He is gonna bless you. And I can't just talk about things which that's okay. He may he, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, everything that's in it. God made it. We understand all that, but you need to understand the Godhead as well. So the Holy Ghost is the third person in the Godhead. And although the word Trinity, I said it, is nowhere in, found to be in the Bible, it describes a powerful truth about the nature and the personality of God. The Trinity depicts the Godhead that operates in three personalities, yet one. Say, how y'all get that? 1 John 5 and 7. For there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are what? They say, well, we got you, Bishop. It don't say Jesus. It said the Word. It didn't say Jesus. It said three in the bad record in the God. It said, it said, it said in the beginning, it said that I see Father, I see Word, and I see the Holy Ghost. I don't see no Son in there. All right, okay. John 1 and 1, look what it says. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Wait a minute. 
That still don't tell me who he is. Well, drop down to verse 14. And the word was made flesh. Who that? Who that? Who that? <laughs> who that is? <laughs> oh. <laughs> he bunny said, you know. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And he beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Who's the only begotten of the Father? The Son. Full of grace and truth. So talk to me now. The word is Jesus. Word was made flesh and dwelled among us. So the Godhead comprised of God the Father, God the Son, which is the word made flesh. Or our Lord Jesus. And God the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit. It is therefore important to note that. In discussing the person of the Holy Spirit. That we are invariably discussing. The whole personality of the Godhead. So the Holy Ghost is the first person. Revealed by the third. And the last person of the Trinity. To be known by us. He is not the third person. In rank in the Godhead. There, there is no competition in the Godhead. Get that out your mind. When you pray to the Father, you're praying to the Son and the Holy Ghost. When you pray to, when you worship Jesus, you are worshiping the Father and the Holy Spirit. When you call upon the Holy Spirit, you are calling upon God the Father and the Son. God the Father is God. God the Son is God. And God the Holy Ghost is God. There is but one God. Now Deuteronomy 6 and 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. One Lord. The best way I can explain that is that you as a human being is a tripartite yourself. You are made up of body, soul, and spirit. But you are one person. Let, let me just talk about me right now. I'm one Harvey B. But I got a body, soul, and spirit. Got it? You talk about the body of Harvey B, the soul of Harvey B, and the spirit of Harvey B. But there's just one Harvey B. And that's me. If you didn't like that, well, I'm still one, but I wear different hats. I'm a husband. I'm a father. You, you understand what I'm saying? And I'm a pastor. So if you say the pastor of Harvey B come here, well, you're going to get the husband and you're going to get the father. If my wife say, husband, come here. Well, you're going to get the pastor and you're going to get the father. You're going to, huh? I can't just say, okay, I'm going to let the other two stay there, but I'm going to let the husband come out and go over there. Some folk try to make the Trinity so hard and make the Godhead so hard. It is not so hard if you're reading your Bible. Is this stuff boring to you? No. So the Holy Spirit is the first 
to be introduced in, uh, to us in Genesis 1, 1 through 2, and I'm about done. Genesis 1 and 2 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. In verse 26 of the same chapter, the Bible says, verse 26 is up on the screen there, I go fast, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So who was God the Father referring to? He was referring to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost is the one with the Father and the Son according to 1 John 5 and 7 we just read. He is neither less important nor less powerful. He is God the co-equal with the Father and the Son. God the Father is upon the throne in heaven and so everything he does and he does by his Spirit. The Holy Spirit is omnipresent. He can be in different places at the same time doing the different things without diminishing in quality or personality. This means he can be fully present in one place and fully present in another all at the same time. God, you're awesome. It is this attribute that makes it possible for him to be in you and with you at the same time. Because the Holy Ghost is omnipresent. He may come upon a believer in America causing him to speak in tongues and be with another believer in South America healing his body. And yet with another believer in Europe giving him wisdom all at the same time. A human being is a spirit who has a soul and lives in a body. So when I look at you, you are a spirit that have a soul that's living in a body. The real you is not what I see on the exterior. The real you is on the inside. So people really don't know you when they don't size you up by looking at your exterior. It's, in your inter it's what's on the inside that they need to get to know. And that's why you don't marry the outside of a person. You don't marry their feature. Ooh, that girl, no, she's fine. Ooh, look at that man. He is a hunk. I mean, that's fine to have that. But you don't just marry that. You marry the spirit of a person. And when you marry the spirit of a person, hope her spirit is great. Hope her spirit is not nasty and mean and hateful and cantankerous and hard-headed and disobedient. Hopefully you marry somebody that not, uh, that's a beater. My God, and always, always got something bad to say. And always don't never compliment you. You marry somebody with a bad spirit. Spirit. They can look good and handsome, wavy hair. My God, got hair all down their back and that's their hair. You understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And they got them, them curves. Hallelujah. Nobody can't hardly reach them curves. It's going all kinds. Listen, you can marry all of that, but you need to marry the spirit of a person. All these folk around here trying to get that shape. Get your spirit in shape. Right here trying to twist and be all fine and everything. Get that nasty black spirit in check. You marry somebody with a bad spirit that always complain about everything and nothing is good. Listen, baby, I can stay by myself. We don't need that. I need somebody to increase my life, not decrease my life.
I may not be helping but a couple of people in here. See, that's why you, 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 you're not, you, you, <laughs> you're not satisfied with what you got now. And that's why you've been sampling and you've been married to that one and been married to this and been married to that. You've been married for the wrong reason. You've been married for the, the person's spirit. You married because they had money. You married because they had a pretty car. You married because oh, they, can, they can have some pretty children. That's the all the wrong reason to get married to somebody. You need to marry their spirit. God revealed their spirit to me. I see the outward features. I see the fineness. I see the nice voice. I see the nice features and pretty face. But God revealed their spirit to me. You can't go home and say, ooh, you got a bad spirit. It's too late now. You got to work with what you got. <laughs> you, you already gave your word now. So, God, I need, you to, I need you to deliver. I need you to help me. I need you to, to do some. To, to, there's, there's some spirits up in here. <laughs> Our spirit is clashing. Am I helping anybody? Yeah. So next time you get married, don't be just jump. Oh, bitch, if I found the one I want. Nah, hold up. Let's see what kind of spirit he got. Let's look in the Bible. Let's see. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about right now. You're in a bad relationship right now. You already know. Man, if I only knew, if I would have checked his spirit. I would have checked her spirit. So the mind of a person is the realm of the soul. We understand that the mind of a person is the realm of the soul, right? So a person has a will determined or to take action and intellect to understand and perceive emotions and emotions to express feelings. Like a human person, the Holy Spirit has all three, a will, intellect, and emotions. So his will is to dwell in the body of Christ here on the earth. 2 Corinthians 6 and 16. And what agreement have the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. And I will be their God and they will be my people. 1 Corinthians 3 and 16. Know ye not that ye are the temple of, the whole, of, of, the, the temple of God. And that the spirit of God dwells in you. He has unlimited knowledge, wisdom, and intellect. 1 Corinthians 2 and 10. But God have, have, God have revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. So he can be vexed, grieved, and express love and joy. Isaiah 6, 3 and 10. But they rebelled and vexed his Holy Spirit. Therefore, he was turned to be their enemy and he fought against them. My God. Ephesians 4 and 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Romans 5 and 5. And hope make not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So he is not a cloud. He's not smoke. He's not fire. He's not a tingling sensation. Although we can feel his power. 
God, the Holy Ghost, is a person with feelings and emotion. He desires to have a relationship with you. The Holy Spirit is the comforter, as we said before, uh, John 14 and 16. And I will pray the Father, he shall give you another comforter that ye may abide with, he may abide with you forever. So the word used here by Jesus is the original Greek transcript of John as allos parakletos. The Greek word for the English word, another is heratos, and allos, heratos, means another of the different kind, where allos means another one of the same kind. So the Greek word for the English for comforter is parakletos. Jesus did not say, I will pray the Father and he shall give you heteros, parakletos. Jesus said, allos, parakletos, literally Jesus prayed for the Father to send another of the same kind of comforter. In other words, uh, one like me is coming, just like me, like me, one like me, the comfort, same kind. And by this, we understand that the Holy Spirit is just like Jesus in character and acts. He looks like him, he loves like him, he cares like him, and he talks like him. Colossians 3 and 1, it says, And ye then, being risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sits on the right hand of God. John 14 and 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Matthew 28 and 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So Jesus Christ sits on the right hand of the Father. And when Jesus told his disciples that he would not leave them comfortless, but will come to them. When he told them that he would be with them always, even unto the end of the earth, he was telling them that they will not miss his presence because when the Holy Spirit comes, he will bring to them the presence of Jesus and will continue the work of Jesus started in and through the disciples. And Jesus is present with us, the believers, through the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is a person and he dwells in and with us at all times. So you don't have to worry. We know I, I, it, 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 we, it, we need it. No, we need him. We need him in our lives. I'm closing. Some people will have you to be Freaked out and spooky. Ooh, what the Holy Ghost going to do? He's going to make me do all that. He's going to make me cry. Ooh, I don't want none of that. He's going to turn me and twist me and twist my leg and have my head doing like this. No. The Bible says, ye being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more would he want to give those the Holy Ghost that ask him? You, watch, watch this. You ask the Lord to save you. Right? And what did he do? He saved you. Now watch this. You asked the Lord to fill you with the Holy Ghost. What did he say he would do? He would fill you. Now don't ask like you don't want him. If you're not ready for him, don't ask him. But if you're ready for him, he will fill your life. 
In the day we live in, we need to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. If we're not controlled by the Holy Spirit, we're going to be controlled by our flesh. And all of us know what happened when our flesh is in charge. We know what happened when our flesh is in control. When our flesh is in control. And I'm going to tell you right now, flesh is a mess. I don't care who bones is on. Your flesh, my flesh, they flesh, white flesh, black flesh, brown flesh, red flesh, all kind of flesh. It, it, if it's out of control, it does whatever it wants. But you need the Holy Spirit to keep this flesh under subjection. I need the Holy Spirit when I'm getting ready to say something that's not right. It pulls a check on me and say, no, don't you say that thing before you talk. You need to listen more and then talk less. Before you say that, before you send that out there and it start like a fire, uh-huh, I want you to hold it because I got something else I want to show you before you say that. You need him in your life. And I don't care what kind of preacher done told you that you don't need the Holy Spirit. Just like you ask God to save you, ask him to fill you with the Holy Spirit. And he will do it. I know this teaching is not popular in the day that we live in. A lot of folk not even mentioning this kind of stuff. They talking about everything but this. They talking about how the politics are. And you know they talking all that kind of stuff. No, uh-uh, we don't need, no, no, no. We need Jesus in the day that we live in. The politician don't have your deliverance. Hallelujah. I vote. And I hope you vote. But a politician and you know the political arena does not God guide my life. Being a Republican or a Democrat, that's not my God. Jesus is my God. And I follow him only. Are y'all listening to me in here? So when you ask him, you ask him to fill your life. Are y'all hearing me? And I know that you, listen, I know it's not popular, but listen to me real good. Every man in here need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Every woman in here need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Every son, every daughter, every child, every baby, they need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Don't you know Jesus was filled with the Holy Ghost and John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Ghost? When the sisters met, they say the baby leaped in their stomach. Hallelujah because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't you be afraid of the Holy Spirit. He's not spooky. He's intelligent. He, my God, he doesn't tell you stuff that's out your mind. Matter of fact, he helps you gather your mind. Can you say amen? He shows you things to come. He shows you how to talk. He shows you how to walk. He shows you how to live. So you need to embrace the Holy Spirit. want to embrace the Holy Spirit churches are out of order now they're out of control because the glory has departed we need the glory back in our churches we need God's presence in our churches we need God to permeate this place we need him to come down and sit down in the middle of our services reason why we don't see deliverance no more because people are not teaching deliverance you get what you teach you are what you teach if you're not teaching deliverance ain't nobody gonna get delivered but you know as well as I do with all this foolishness that's going on in our country we need deliverance in our house
I promise you all these shootings that are going on around here, if we had more mamas and daddies filled with the Holy Ghost and teach their children about being filled with the Spirit, you won't have to worry about them getting no gun and going shooting up all these people. Because the Holy Ghost wouldn't lead you to go kill somebody. He said, I came that you may have life and life more abundantly. So our homes need to embrace the Holy Spirit. We need him in our homes. Our children need to be led and guided by the Spirit. You know why? Because you can't be around them 24-7. They leave your house to go to school. You don't know who they're hanging out with. You don't know what they're doing while they're at school. And college is a thousand times worse than high school. When they leave, then nobody ain't up. Nobody telling you get up, go to school, get up. It's the bus coming. There ain't nobody telling you nothing. You go to you go to college. You party much you want. You can flunk out if you want to. Nobody there to tell you nothing. You gonna need God everywhere you go. You gonna need the Holy Spirit in your life. Are you following me in here? Now, those of you who got little children and babies and everything, God bless you, but your children are going to need God leading them. They're going to need God's presence in their life. They're going to need the Holy Ghost in their lives. If you're wondering by yourself, you're wondering aimlessly. If you're being led by your spirit, your, by, your spirit by, the, by your spirit, that's not it. You need the God's spirit in you. If you've been led by your flesh, that is not it. You need to be led by God's spirit. Your flesh going to get you in trouble. Because your flesh going to say, ooh, that look good. The spirit going to say, no, don't you touch that. That is not yours. It belonged to somebody else. But I want it. That's what the flesh will tell you. And the spirit said, no, that's not yours. Someone else has already put claim on that. They got papers on that. That is not yours. If you touch it, that's adultery. The Holy Spirit is going to lead you. He's going to guide you. And you Listen, don't you tell me that we don't need no leading, no guidance in the day we live in. Don't tell me we don't need to be led. Mama, when you're not there, who's going to lead your children? Most people are impressionable and they are followers. Very few are leaders. Very few are leaders. That's why you need to put all the God you know how in your family right now. If you don't, if you don't, you're going to have something to face. The enemy is going to put such a fight in your life until you're going to even be challenged to even give up. But with God, all things are possible. With God, you will make it. I'm not going to talk. No, everybody's standing on their feet. I'm not going to holler at you today. I'm going to holler at you. I want you to embrace this teaching. He, the person of the Holy Ghost. I want you to embrace this teaching. I want you to teach it to your children, to your family. 
Daddy, we don't want to hear none of that. You're going to listen to this. This, this is going to bless your life. Even when your family don't want to hear, you know, sometimes when I try to do devotion, especially when we go on vacation, they, they, Daddy, we're on vacation. We don't want to hear no devotion. We're having devotion. Just because we're on vacation, that don't mean that we left God. We having devotion. Matter of fact, we're going to have devotion. You know why we're going to have devotion? Because I paid for the trip. The one that paid the money has the, the most to say. So now, if you don't want to hear devotion, you stay home next time. But if you with me and you enjoying all this here and, and sending all them, little, all them little selfies out to your friends and everything, ooh, we in Hawaii. Uh-huh, how did you pay a dime? No, we're going to have devotion because God's been good to us. He saw, he saw fit that when we flew all the way over here, that we were safely taken off, Mother, and we safely landed. Why not give him some praise? Why not talk to him? Don't you let people talk you out of what you know right to do. You used to praying over your, your food, and you get around your friends. I don't want them to know I'm a Christian, so I ain't going to pray over my food. I said, hey, wait a minute. Don't just talk. I hope y'all don't mind, but let me pray. And most people, when you say, let me pray, okay, go ahead. Because they ain't going to pray, but you go ahead. Thank you. And depending on the mood I'm in, we're going to have a long prayer or a short prayer. <laughs> They're like, uh, our food getting cold. Uh. But teach your children to walk with God. Walk with God. I, I don't know what else to tell you. I don't, know what, I don't know what else to tell you. I don't. And we need to teach ourselves to walk with God. Come to church. Don't be listening to motherfuckers. Well, you know, uh, I, had, I had one person told me, say, I ain't never going back. I ain't never going back to church. I can get church online. And they were laughing about it. They said, yeah, girl, I, you know, I ain't been to church in three years. I've I, I been at Bedside Baptist. That's, they were, we, at dinner, they just, that's how they were talking. I said, well, y'all been at Bedside Baptist. I've been giving God the praise. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but listen, if you get away from something, you get out of habit of doing something, you're going to form another habit. You're going to get used to not being here. Isn't that the truth? So I'm so glad that God is still God. Ah. And I love him so much. Why? Because he first loved me. Would you bow with me today?